We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we have created this podcast, the land of the Tunurong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognize their continual connection to the land, waters, and culture, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We recognize that this land was never ceded. Hey, take a second and listen to the world around you. What does it sound like? This is The Yearly Checkup, a six-part series where we delve into the extraordinary year that's been 2020. Join us as we explore how the events of this year have changed the soundtrack of our everyday lives. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of The Yearly Checkup. My name's Natalie, and over the next six episodes, we'll be looking at 2020 in all of its emotional intensity, including happiness, anger, surprise, grief, hope, and today's theme, fear. In this episode, Hayley looks inward and brings you a provocative piece on loneliness and the unconventional places you might find your release. Matt brings us a story of a soon-to-be mother exploring the immense excitement of her soon-to-be pregnancy, but also the new fears and anxieties that come with the experience. But first, a story from me. Examining the social implications of an unprecedented civil divide. Through the impressions of my big extended family, I bring you an insider's view of the distressing reality of every American household this year, inflicted by the two men at the head of the very divided USA. And so I pass you firstly to my cousin, Claire. On July 4th, my grandfather grumbled that none of his children wanted to stand up and give a speech about what a wonderful country we live in. You're the worst president America has ever had. I said sarcastic. That was you. Who is on your list? Nobody knows he's on your list. Politics. Oh boy. What a debacle. Whoa. Morally bankrupt and incapable charlatan. We need Trump out of office. I will be voting for President Trump. Who so disgracefully disappoints us. The Democratic Party continue to attack Donald Trump over and over again. And I'm going to be voting for Trump. I feel President Trump has done an excellent job to this point. He's immoral, misguided, and non-presidential. With two great electives, I'm excited to see the outcome of the election this year. It's going to be very exciting. When Trump was elected, I was teaching first grade, and the majority of my students were from families whose parents were from Mexico or grandparents were from Mexico. And I remember one parent asking, what is the school's plan if I don't show up one day? 
These were like real fears that have real implications. And so I think it made it that much harder for me to have any level of understanding or empathy of why somebody would support it. Our economy was the strongest it's been in almost 20 years pre-COVID. Since Trump has been president, the stock market has done incredibly well. We revitalized our economy to levels never seen before. You definitely can't blame Trump for anything. I think he did the best any of us could possibly do. I find this to be personally troubling because I'm concerned that I don't have as much in common with my fellow citizen that I thought I did. It's much more troubling when those citizens are family members and friends that you have respected. I find it really uncomfortable when politics come up. I'm never the first one to say anything. And I'm kind of just guessing in my head the whole time, like based on this comment, they're probably voting for this. So that means they're a part of this party. So what should I say back? Just so that it doesn't become an issue. And if that will change the person's opinion on you or even the person's relationship with you. And it has been this way daily for the last four years. It's out of control. People are hating people for who they're going to vote for. Supporting Joe Biden and not agreeing with all his policy positions is very different than supporting Trump. I could shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters. Joe Biden has been a career politician for over 51 years, and even he is unable to point out any of his own accomplishments. I did my job. I've done more than you've done in 47 years. I believe his electoral platform is nothing more than criticism and finger pointing. Trump doesn't represent a difference in policy. He represents like a difference in morality. People are living in fear. China's gonna pay a big price. This was China's fault. Donald Trump's policies have hurt the United States. His business savvy has guided him well through many difficult decisions. Trump does not accept science and is a denier of global warming. I hope the next president is a man of character. Joe Biden. With Biden in the office, I think we're one step away from socialism. I see us heading for a civil war, possibly. Quite frankly, it's getting scary. It's really hard because each party is constantly telling the other that everything they're saying is fake news and that it's all a lie. No matter what happens, our country is in deep trouble because of the divide we've created with our two-party systems. I think that we also just as a nation have a hesitance around going, I'm wrong, or I've learned something new, and so now my opinion is different. I do not like Trump. He is everything that I've taught my children not to be. President Trump acted in a way that would have had me grounded for life. I did vote for Trump four years ago and still plan to vote for him. Perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. I am especially concerned that here we are at election number two, four years later, and yet still support him. So excited to vote for him again. He's a black mark on the history of our country. Great choice. Donald Trump is a bully. And looking forward to another great four years. There are so many days where I'm like angry, I'm sad. And like, it's just kind of heartbreaking to look at people that you love and you grew up with having lots of memories of aligning and having similar opinions about things. And I don't expect that at this point, if you're still a Trump supporter, there's any sort of conversation that we could get in that would find any sort of values alignment. But it totally impacts the way that I feel about people. You really feel alone and like you're losing your mind here sometimes because Trump supporters are Trump supporters. It does not matter any factual evidence given. President Trump has done the best job he can do under these circumstances. And then in fairness, they will say the same about the Democrats. 
it has revealed not only where our country is, but where individual people who I interact with are as well. Knowing the things that I've heard come out of my grandpa's mouth and thinking about having my black gay friend be at the wedding, that becomes like a layer of stress of having to think about these people that represent me because they're a part of my family potentially doing or saying something that would make somebody feel uncomfortable or that they're not in a space that they belong. And that's honestly just like my worst nightmare. A lot of Trump supporters are now being called racist by Democrats that if we vote for Trump, we are racist. You might not consider yourself to be a racist, but you decided that overt racism from a candidate wasn't a deal breaker, and that says enough. I thought our country was better than this and smarter than this. Two men with so much disrespect for each other. How can I stand up strong and say I'm an American when we have these two clowns going at it on national TV? It's mind-numbing and it's frustrating. Knowing that there's people in my family like that, it's hard and like there's moments of feeling really bummed out and really sad about that. I don't see it coming back the same way after the election is over. And that said, I will continue to have the troubling relationship of people I know who still support him. I just pray every day that things will turn out right with this country. All this in a place my grandpa would describe as the best country in the world? He and I see two completely different Americas. A story addressing the fear of an entire nation is pretty overwhelming. Now, on a smaller scale but just as raw, our next segment explores a very personal fear, loneliness. Under special circumstances this year, Haley decided to muster up the courage to make a change, to try and overcome mental illness and a fear of the future. Instead of reaching for the comfort of friends, she started connecting with strangers. I was just sitting in front of that window. Through the window I saw the sunset was quite beautiful. I remember the sky was different on that day. It was pink pink um, with some pure blue. I could even see the movement of clouds, very quiet but very clear. And here the tears filled my eyes. What I can say was just beautiful things broken into pieces. I didn't even think anything at that moment. I was just crying and crying and asking myself again and again, hey, what are you going to do? What's your future? So, Haley, first time I met her, she was a type of those that goes a little bit too hard on herself as she had all these 
negative thoughts about those around her, and she kind of pessimistic about her future, and kind of fear that she not gonna be able to be successful in the future because she has so many weaknesses and she make mistakes and things like that. I don't actually remember when it started. Probably two years ago, maybe. I was always being a kind of depressed and always feeling stressful about everything I met. And I think I knew at the beginning I probably had one very serious mental health problem, but I just didn't go to the hospital because I was afraid of someone telling me very seriously, like, "You're not a healthy person, Haley. You got one problem." And I found the same started getting worse this year early because of the virus and. Isolation, you know. So I made one decision. So earlier this year, I moved to Melbourne. I decided to get on Facebook to try and join as many local pages as I could to try and find some friends because I didn't really know anyone here. So after searching around, I found Haley on one of these pages. We found each other on Facebook, so we friended each other. We had a couple of discussions about the church, about everything, about our life. And then we become friends and uh, getting to know each other better.、Uh, I think that is how、uh, I met Haley. So, do you still remember how did we meet?、Uh, we met on Facebook. You posted something in the international students group about meeting new people, developing your English skills. So yeah, I was kind of looking for the same things, and that's how we met. So, do you think I can truly overcome the problem? Yeah, definitely. It's very easy, actually. It's um, it's just something you have to. It's a process, so you you have to keep working on it, and. You can definitely become a very positive person and achieve anything you want in your life. I believe that. So, what's my future? The answer I can give now is everything is possible. <laughs> I never thought I'm gonna do this. Make friends online, talk with strangers. And try to overcome my mental problem, and I did it. Just like I'm sitting in front of that window again, and 
saying the same things I saw before, but I'm feeling absolutely different. It's amazing. Hayley's story about overcoming mental illness in 2020 is one that I'm sure many will relate to. This next story strikes a similar theme of overcoming your own anxieties when facing a new or different chapter of your life. For Millie, this new chapter is all about her life as a mother, as she rises to the challenge of bringing a baby boy into this world. What kind of worries does a mother feel when the world is such a seemingly scary and strange place right now? What keeps her moving forward and what stops her from buckling under the immense pressure that a young, soon-to-be mother like herself would be feeling right now? I am Amelia, or Millie. I am 20 and I'm... 38 weeks and two days today. I think the idea that I am going to bring my baby into the current world that we're living in is pretty daunting. So right now I'm sitting in my little baby's nursery. I generally like to keep the ceiling fan on at all times just because it makes the room feel fresh and so there's always a kind of dull humming sound in here with the fan going and when baby comes I I think I'll keep doing that because I know that white noise is really helpful to help like babies sleep. Um, we've got a lot of the colour blue because I am having a little boy. Um, so we've got blue curtains and a blue rug and blue cupboard doors. And I also have a beautiful painting that my brother painted for me, which is blue in the style of Aboriginal dot painting. It's got the image of a mother with a child inside and it's pretty cool. I have a rocking chair. There's also like a slight creak to the rocking chair. And I also have a little baby rocker next to it. So me and baby will be able to rock together and read. <laughs> so I come into the nursery literally every single day. Like when I wake up in the morning, my next step is into the nursery. Even if it's just for five seconds, I just look around and I'm like, yes, this is gonna be like where baby will be in a few weeks or a month or so. And I like, I kid you not every day, like come in here and I just like take a deep breath and it makes me feel so proud. It makes me feel proud when I step in here every day and see the progress that I've made going from having like literally nothing to having an excess amount of like great things. 
When you have a newborn, there's always millions of people around you telling you to do this or do that or do it this way or no, that's wrong or like, you know, like there's endless, endless feedback from everyone around me and that's normal. And then there's some people when they have their newborn want to keep a six-week period where no one sees the baby and they keep it really safe and at home and it's good for their immune system and all that. But with the context of like COVID-19, I think about that stuff even more if I should be really, really, really like a helicopter parent, you know? I, I don't know what to do. There's also like, I'm scared to take my baby out because of all the germs and just the general fear I feel when I step outside. So I don't know how else I'm gonna keep him protected without just not letting anyone near him. I'm worried to bring him into this world because the visiting hours in hospitals at the moment are really limited. Um, when I give birth, my partner won't be allowed to stay overnight. Um, he's only allowed to stay for like two hours after the birth. So I'm like terrified to be alone in hospital and I have to stay for at least 48 hours. So it's just gonna be like pretty confronting to have my first days with my baby alone in a hospital room. I try to keep an open mind about anything really, but I think life is what you make of it. And you could be brought into like a terrible place, but you could still come out on top. You know, if I didn't have this beautiful nursery and all I had was like, you know, the basic basics, he'd still be fine because like he will still have what is most important, which is love and support and trust. And so no matter what the world brings, I'm always gonna be there for him. I just have faith. I just have faith that it will be okay. But I guess I have to kind of really, I have to have that faith and maintain that because if I don't, my mind will go into shambles. <laughs> Sometimes my thoughts are just so rapid with worries about everything. But if I just like remain faithful and hopeful in time, everything will be okay. <laughs> There's been a lot of fear around the world this year. And while these stories may resonate with some, we also hope that they inspire you to see the light at the end of this very long, long tunnel that is 2020. And we'll help you there, because next up on episode two, we're talking about moments of happiness in 2020. In addition to fear, people must also find happiness in their daily lives.
It was from a Starbucks in Japan. I'd ordered a grande matcha latte with soy milk at the Shibuya store and had sat upstairs and watched the crossing for you hours. You want to know the whole story? They will be discussed in the next episode, Happiness. Thanks for listening to The Yearly Checkup, a podcast produced by RMIT media students who have been working from home this semester. We've been using whatever equipment we have access to, including phones, laptops, and sometimes even a microphone if we're lucky. The music that you can hear now was created by Chow Vu. You can listen to The Yearly Checkup wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And of course, follow us on Instagram at yearly underscore checkup underscore pod.